0: Gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to
1: more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble, bonfire babble.
0: Hi everyone, this is Detta. We are releasing our episode on January 19th, 2021. Corey and I want you to know we're thinking of all of you in our community and hope that you are staying safe and aware out there. If you would like some information on warding, episode seven does talk about protection magic. Also, our not magic episode talks a little bit about protection. And of course, there are tons of wonderful, wonderful, Podcasters and Instagrammers with great information out there. We hope that you're taking care of yourself in the physical world as well as your emotional and magical life. Stay safe out there.
1: Welcome to The Bonfire, exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. We're Epis- here. Yeah. We did it.
0: Episode 21. <laughs>
1: Um, What are we talking about today, Dena?
0: Well, first of all, we're talking about the fact that it's episode 21 and we're old enough to drink. (laughs) So there we go.
1: European countries are like... (laughs) They're laughing at us for a lot Uh, of reasons. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, for so many reasons. I thought, given the climate of things, today I would like to exchange the things that are making us happy right now. What is something that's making you happy right now?
0: I joined a book. I don't want to call it a book club, but my friend, uh, because it's not a book club, but I joined a monthly I'm going to get books. (laughs) What is that? What is that that called? A subscription. A subscription. I joined a, a book subscription. And, yeah, no, I have an Audible one because I usually listen to mine. And I'm going to make a commitment to actually read books and read books that aren't urban fantasy.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I love me love some it, urban it. fantasy.
0: I do too. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. that's making me happy. Others, other people's podcast. Doing this podcast oh. with you makes me very happy.
1: So. Speaking of other people's podcasts, OPP. <laughs> That's very funny. To me. OPP. Oh no! Uh, it's all about it's all about the OPP. If you know, you know. We don't have to get into that. Um, it's a podcast called Yes. It's a podcast called Wonderful. And it's by Griffin and Rachel McElroy. I literally can't stop listening to McElroy content, so don't expect that to stop ever. But I caught up on the Adventure Zone, and I've been listening to this podcast called Wonderful. And I don't know if I talked about it in the Potions episode, but...
0: I don't know, but you told me about it, and I listened to the very first one where he was like, I am sorry, I'm trying to be happy, but I am pissed off right now. And then they eventually get to a lot of happy stuff. I love them.
1: I haven't... I'm listening to it from the beginning of a podcast, so I haven't listened to the most recent one. Oh, but I should do that. But uh, it's basically Griffin and Rachel being very much in love and very adorable and sweet. Aww. And each of them talk about two things that they think are wonderful. And on the 6th. I had to work, (laughs) even though the country was burning down. I had to work. And so what kept me going was this like, do you know that moment in Pulp Fiction with the adrenaline shot? I have
0: never watched Pulp Fiction, but that scene I've seen multiple times in various forms. Yeah, I know. I know the one you're talking about. So,
1: So this is like an adrenaline shot for serotonin.
0: I love that.
1: Listening to this podcast feels like someone is injecting... Literal physical good vibes into my head and heart. And it has been a lifesaver recently because I am prone to occasional very dark moods. Mm -hmm. And this is something that is like, it's positive and soft and wonderful without being like trite or saccharine or like condescending. It's just literally unironic love fest for things that are good
0: i am really excited to listen to it and and maybe i should start at the beginning (laughs) yeah i think i might go back and do that because it's not very old right there weren't Uh, a lot of episodes i didn't think
1: i think it's so what happened was they had a podcast called rose buddies where they talked about the bachelor and so if you look it up on Spotify. If you scroll back far enough, the little picture icon will change from the Wonderful icon to the Rose Buddies icon, so they're all on there. But I think that Wonderful started in, like, 2017, 2018.
0: Oh, no, it is older then. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's lovely. And Rachel has the softest and most wonderfulest voice, and they're just so funny. And... It's like a little serotonin shot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And I think, and I'll put this in the show liner notes as well. We are recording on January 10th. Sunday, January 10th. Is that right? Is it the 10th or is it the 11th? Is it the 10th? It's the 10th. It's the 10th. Time has no meaning, everyone. It has no meaning. Mm -hmm. Except it does. So if anything. Crazy happens in between now and the time that this gets released. Just know that we're recording with that lens. So I'm gonna add one more that's making me happy that I talked about in our last episode is music specifically. <laughs> who is Aurora? Who is this Aurora? She is an artist all her own, right? The woman who sings so. in um into the unknown. Frozen, I don't know why. That song has just hit me and hooked into my heart and my soul. And I'm just I'm looking her up
1: for you because I want to know. Yeah, her name is Aurora. Who is Aurora?
0: Who is she? While well, she's looking that up, just music in general is keeping me sane and grounded. And there's something else keeping me sane and grounded, but it's one of my it's my spark today, so I'll wait until the end of the episode to shout it out.
1: Yeah, she's just like a Norwegian singer, songwriter, and record producer. She's also a baby. Wow. She was born in 1996. Holy... <laughs> Isn't I that... have the problem that everyone who lived through Y2K, Y2K has, which is that 1990 was 10 years ago. <laughs> sure it was (laughs) and it will always have been 10 years ago so anybody born after 1990 i'm like what the french toast (laughs) i do not understand it oh
0: can i do since we're talking about things that make us happy see this is my delayed reaction getting prompted by other things i know i am so late to this game just like i'm late to the frozen 2 game as well There is a great movie that my wife and I watched over the holiday break called Always Be My Maybe, which is a lyric from a song I have never understood and I still don't understand, which means I don't understand this title. But the movie, which I know I'm late to, is so freaking brilliant. Randall Parks and her is her name Sonia. She's a comedian and she helped write the show. She's the lead in it. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but I probably won't. Uh, remember it here oh my gosh what a great film and
1: Keanu's in that movie he is yeah I haven't watched it yeah
0: and at this point that's not a spoiler the movie's been out for so long I had no idea how much he was in the movie so that might be a spoiler for you
1: he's a delight
0: oh he (laughs) wow don't you love him I love him Randall Park oh yeah where is he now that you know fresh off the boat is over I want to see him more he's so beautiful I love him
1: it's I've only heard great things and I keep meaning to watch it but I keep going back to my comfort shows right now Mm -hmm. so it's like hard for me to watch new stuff
0: yeah yeah
1: I did just start Bridgerton though
0: and what do you think
1: I got three episodes in and then I had to go to bed uh it's very good
0: I'm behind you now
1: the soundtrack is great
0: this uh, this is what I keep hearing. See, since music is good. My daughter's also in a Geico commercial right now. That makes me happy, especially <gasps> since she's wearing a fanny pack.
1: Ha! <laughs> fanny <laughs> packs are... I'm going to say a thing. Here's a hot take. Are you ready?
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love we your hot watching,
1: take. We were watching the new Wonder Woman, and I won't spoil anything, but there's a fanny pack. There's a funny fanny pack thing. And I had to pause the movie. And go off on like a 30 second to a minute rant about why the fanny pack is the perfect accessory. Because it is. It's the perfect accessory. And here's why. It's a hands-free accessory. It doesn't put any undue pressure on your back because you can't overfill it. It is accessible easily. And it can have secret hidden pockets in it. It is the perfect. And it can be a belt. It can be your belt. It is the perfect accessory. I love fanny packs, Detta. I do too. So much. (laughs) There,
0: I'm I'm out of the closet now on fanny packs. (laughs) If that makes me a fashion, that's no big surprise. But I love. I don't even
1: care. I have up to my right. You can't see it. I have a shelf that has six different fanny packs on it.
0: Oh, you're kidding!
1: I love fanny packs. I didn't know
0: this about you. See, I wonder is it a runner thing? Because I mean. We use maybe? them as excuses to wear when running. And then, oh, yeah, I was out running today when you weren't. But you've got your fanny pack, belty accessory on. And, I mean, maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But all
1: I know is I love them. I love them. I think they're cute. I think they're funny. And I have, <laughs> compared to my hips, a relatively narrow waist. It comes in pretty Ditto. pretty tight. Even even when I'm, my weight balloons a lot. So even when I'm heavy or Less it, it, I it like cuts in, and -hmm. it's like the perfect place for like a cute little jaunty fanny pack to sit. Let's bring back the outfit. In case you all were confused or doubted that I'm super super queer, the perfect outfit is (laughs) Doc Martens, a pair of cuffed overalls with like a cute bralette underneath and a flannel over top and a fanny pack.
0: Oh. My gosh, I think That's the
1: perfect outfit.
0: I think you just described every girl I had a crush on in high
1: school. Right there. <laughs> That's it. Nikki, if you're know? listening, you know I'm describing you. <laughs> who did who are you describing? My friend Nikki, the oh, sugar cookie queen. Hello. Oh, cookie
0: queen. Yeah. Cookies cookies make me happy.
1: Yeah, so straight up. Also, Michael, if you're listening, thank you for the cookies. Michael, Michael, I opened the door yesterday and there was a big box and I was like, I didn't order anything and I opened it and I was like, <laughs> and then I started crying. Yeah,
0: oh, Michael Blum you. is one of my favorite people. Yeah, he's
1: wonderful. Love him so much. Uh, anytime I hear his voice, I'm I'm instantly soothed.
0: Candles are making me happy, millennial. <sighs> Truly. Um,
1: oh, my gosh. Why is, am I blanking on her
0: Instagram? Millennial. Millennial medium? Millennial medium. I bought candles. I have
1: this beautiful candle lit right now that Detta got me. It's a practical magic candle. It's got lavender, rosemary, rose, sage, and a tiger's eye. And, and
0: it's from Grounded by the Moon. He's so great. And I discovered him because Liminal shouted him out. I think it's a hymn. What a love know. fest.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it when Instagram is a love fest and you're like... This person loves this person, and now so do I. <laughs> yeah. A wonderful human uh, coin. I, I should look them up. Uh,
0: I'll look them up before the end of the episode. They shouted us out, and they had this great thing on their page about how awesome it is when women bolster up and support other women. And it was just a big old love fest as well. I love and that. I, it, it, they just really inspired me. And I I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning, so it was a nice thing to wake up to.
1: I would also like to say thank you to the Instagram, to our Instagram friends, because the outpouring of, like, support and interest and interaction and, like, it's just been wonderful. Here
0: she is. (sighs) Little Coity Crafts. Oh Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And she's shouting out a lot of other great women right now so if you go back to her January 10th posts you'll see all these women she shot and women Instagram things she's shouting out it's really cool
1: I love that yeah what a nice palette cleanser what are we uh talking about today did we're talking
0: about palmistry <gasps> palmistry
1: yeah. which is something
0: I do not know a lot about me neither and I am investigating although I do like You know, that touching your palm kind of thing. It feels good. Did you ever Mm -hmm. do that egg crack thing? Yes. Where you squeeze and you squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, and you hit it, right? Yeah. And then you open it up and you put your other hand in the middle of it and you pull it up like it's a spider web and it feels really cool. Yeah.
1: We used to play that game and um, we used to play the one where you crack an egg over your head and Mm -hmm. we used to play the one where... Uh, you like lay on the ground And pretend that you're being filled up with sand It We used to do that all the I time don't
0: that one. I don't wanna oh. know that
1: one So you lay on the ground and you close your eyes And somebody else pretends to like This sounds really gruesome It's not They pretend to like cut you open and fill you up with sand And throw you back up And it makes it so that when you try to sit up again You like can't Because you just feel so heavy And it's really fun
0: I want to do that
1: It sounds, saying it out loud, I sound like an insane person, but it was a very fun game that we used to play.
0: Well, uh, let's head into the library. Yes.
1: I did a lot of research about palmistry because I also don't know a lot about it. My sources are our wealthy benefactor, Wikipedia, Britannica.com. And The Book of the Hand by Fred Gettings. Yes, that's right. A real physical book that I have in my possession. That
0: is amazing. Can I just say something real quick about Wikipedia? Because I totally get that it's an open source and that it can change. But what I love about them is their resource, their citation pages. And you can Mm -hmm. find other things... On Wikipedia that lead you to original sources and so yes yes when you're looking at Wikipedia make sure they haven't been updated five minutes ago with you know some fake information
1: I am gonna say as a person who came up when the Internet was becoming a thing and Wikipedia was not allowed to be used in school hmm for like citing things a lot of times you can now because you just have to show what they've sourced and I think that that's because, like a lot of things on the internet, the quality of information has gotten better.
0: It has. The other thing, too, that Wikipedia itself has done is they've hired a lot more people. That's why the donation, if you want to use them, the donation every year is really important because they've Mm -hmm. hired a lot of people to keep the quality and the facts Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. and recent. They've only had four serious errors, which, of course, they fixed right away, and... They watch for hoax and they usually take them down within an hour. I wish that was faster, but because that's they can, yeah, because they can flag it, freeze it if they suspect it, research it, and then either release it back or take it down. Yeah. And and that's within the page, within the open source page, not they don't have to take the whole page down just because one yeah. thing is wrong. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> All right. So Palmistry. It's also often called chiromancy or chirology.
0: Where does that word come from? Do you know?
1: Uh, chiro meaning, I think, body or touch. Yeah. So your hand. Because like chiropractor, a uh, chiropractor will adjust you with their hands. So I think that that is the same root. It's a practice that's found all over the world. And the practitioners of it are generally called palmists or palm or hand readers. Fun fact about palm reading that I loved was that uh, it's directly referenced in the book of Job. Really? Really. It is a it is a practice that is directly referenced in the book of Job, which I thought that I would recognize because I did that stint in high school as part of the Job's Daughters. Uh, uh, it was like a whole thing. Anyway... Looking back, I'm like, wow, it's a real shock that I didn't end up in a cult somewhere. Anywho. Call you're in a cult, call, call your dad. Uh so it was directly referenced in the book of Job, and it is common to a much of these regions. Eurasia, India, Nepal, Tibet, China, Persia, Sumeria, Canaan, and Babylonia. I can't hear the word Canaan without thinking of Joseph and the amazing technical dream coat, me either. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> or, or um, what was the last one you said? Babylonia.
0: Mm hmm. Without thinking of the Wall of Babel and how we all became different people because the Wall of Babel fell and we started speaking different languages. That's an Old Testament reference as well.
1: I just start thinking about Babylon 5. So,
0: <sighs> Babylon 5. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We can just go down a rabbit hole here, Board Association. Can't we're uh, we? okay, we're back, doing that. Back today. to Palmistry.
1: <clears throat> it has its roots in Hindu astrology, Chinese I Ching, and Roma fortune tellers. Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned on the f- this podcast before. We do not use the G word on this podcast, so I don't think uh, we have
0: mentioned that before.
1: We will not use the G word on this podcast. <laughs> I think it's
0: fine for people who are Romani. They get to decide that. That's their choice. Very much like I own the word dyke, but it is not for us to nope. uh, use that word. And if you don't know what we're talking about, DM us and we'll tell you. And yeah. Fill you in.
1: Because we're just not even going to entertain that. I'm going to be like Dan Levy here and just not entertain the bad stuff. From India, it spread to China, Tibet, Egypt, Persia, and other countries in Europe. And then from there, it went to Greece. Aristotle, reportedly, I have that in brackets, <laughs> supposedly, allegedly, Aristotle discovered a treatise on palmistry on an altar of Hermes. And then he showed it to Alexander the Great, who was like wicked into it. He was like, yes, this is my jam. And he used it uh, often to examine the characters of his officers.
0: Oh, Alexander, you dude, you, you great dude.
1: I have, I have a, here's a little hot take on Alexander the Great. Oh, do we know he was great? I don't know. Maybe he was just Alexander the kind of fun at parties, or he had Alexander... a really good publicist. He had a great publicist. Well, yeah. oh, please go on with the other things you God, th- think he might have been. I just, I just get so irritated because, <laughs> like, how do we know he was great? Maybe his boyfriend was greater. Ooh, you know what I mean? Maybe because, like, like, he was a pretty cool guy. Anyway, I have a lot of feelings about it. Moving on. In the Renaissance, (laughs) chiromancy was classified as one of the seven forbidden acts alongside, get ready, necromancy, geomancy, aeromancy, pyromancy, hydromancy, and scapulomancy.
0: I don't know what some of those are. I know what many of them are, like necromancy, you know. Yeah,
1: necromancy stuff about dead people geomancy rocks aeromancy air pyromancy fire hydromancy water and scapulomancy i wrote it down and now i can't find it oh okay i think it has, it has to, do, to with do with bones okay that makes sense yeah
0: that's the one i didn't recognize
1: <clears throat> palmistry was actively suppressed by the catholic church <laughs> you know join the club am i right It experienced a revival, though, in 1839 after a publication titled La Chironomie. I don't know, by the way, if that's supposed to be in French, Spanish, Latin. I think it's Latin, which is why I said it like that, but I don't speak Latin, so don't come for me. Okay, but in 1889, the Chirological Society of Britain was founded in London by Catherine St. Hill, and then the American Chirological Society was founded in 1897, so about eight years later, and their aim was to, quote, advance and systemize the art of palmistry and to prevent charlatans from abusing the art, end quote. So I think that's a pretty great mission statement. It leaves a little room for interpretation that could be dangerous, but I think it's a pretty good mission statement. A pivotal figure in the movement of palmistry was an Irishman named William John Warner. And his nickname was just Cairo. Like, that was his thing. Like, the hand. Isn't it kind of? Also, this part, this part's gonna, it made me cringe because I just, I, you see it so often and it just makes me cringe. After studying under gurus in India, he opened a practice in London, (laughs) and he served a number of very famous celebrities, including uh, Sarah Bernhardt, Oscar Wilde, Grover Cleveland, and the Prince of Wales. So he had his hands on lots of famous hands.
0: But that's not the bad
1: thing. It wouldn't be
0: bad if he did that, except what didn't he do?
1: He probably didn't um, offer credit to where he learned all of that stuff. He owned it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. Um, Palmistry is defined often as the reading of character and divination of the future by interpretation of lines and undulations on the palm of the hand. The history of palmistry is the biography of its leading individuals. It is a really personal sort of practice in that it's like, it's you and a practitioner. You know what I mean? It's like, it's you and someone. And so there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a dearth of information when it comes to its prophetic nature, because say you were Alexander the Great or the Great at parties or whatever, and you saw a chiromancer the prophecies they would tell you would be completely and only pertaining to you. And so those type of prophecies don't get written about, really. Like, it's not like, I don't know, Agamemnon and Clytemnestra or something, like big world-changing prophecies. Yeah, or it's, Nostradamus, it's, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like little personal, interpersonal prophecies. So there's not a lot of, um, like, record, I guess, of prophecies. Of palm readings contributing to the global di- like dialogue, which I think is interesting. And not to be ableist, we are
0: very aware that we're covering a topic that can't pertain to everybody because there are people in the world who have had amputations and...
1: Or just don't have hands.
0: Yeah, have not been born with them. And so there are other forms of divination that are indeed personal in this mm-hmm. manner, Yeah, I just wanted to shout that out that we're speaking from that awareness.
1: One thing that I thought was really interesting when I did a little more research was it's not just the lines. A lot of time we always think about like the lines of the hand. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's what I think about when I think about palmistry.
1: But it very clearly said, and undulations. So it's also about like the topography of your hand. Like, What do you mean
0: like, by that? Do you mean the the so lines, the bumps?
1: So you see the lines, but like right here, I don't have lines. This is great audio. <laughs> <laughs> right here, I don't have it's lines, so but I have lovely. like little tiny rivulets on my hand that are kind of like, I don't know, probably fatty deposits or just the way that the skin pulls or something. Or like, if you look at your fingers... And I hope that everyone who's listening put their hand in front of their face if they have one and looked at it. And um, you can feel when you like run the pad of one fingertip along the underside of another finger. There's like little hills, and valleys mm. yeah, between the like, knuckles.
0: Oh, that topography. Unless you're driving, yeah. don't put your Unless hand. Unless you're driving, your face please don't do driving. that. Yeah. <laughs> wait, okay.
1: Wait till you're stopped. <laughs> um. Although, who's driving anywhere these days? I don't I right? know i've been inside for so long (laughs) anyway uh so that's my history of the palm uh i think it's important to note too that what was said about the history of palmistry is the history of its leading figures because because we don't have those big sweeping prophecies from it the only point of contact (laughs) point of contact (laughs) that we have is the people who did it do you know
0: And I don't have much to add because this is not something that I have delved into. And
1: Well, then let's head out to the bonfire and chat about it. We
0: we hope you enjoyed our little history lesson today on palmistry. Ooh la la. So let's head out to the bonfire. All right.
1: So you mentioned that you don't know much about palmistry. What are your impressions of it? like in your sort of zeitgeist, your knowledge?
0: Well, if we were together, I would grab your hand and look <laughs> for the very long line of your lifeline. I know so little about it. So I know that you've got a lifeline and I know that there are branches that go off and those branches mean different things and that's how you read it. And, uh, you know, talk about a personal, I, I think what I what I get most from it, although I find tarot incredibly, incredibly personal. Like you said, this is really personal. I mean, it is your body. You're using your body for divination.
1: Yeah. It's very intimate in, in a lot of ways. And I think it's for that reason that I haven't, um, I don't like to be touched by people I don't know or like clear first. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so like to... I mean, I love to be touched. Don't get it twisted. With my friends, I'm basically a cuddle puppy all the time. <laughs> but I don't like to be touched if I don't know you. And um, so for that reason, anytime I've ever been somewhere where there's like someone reading poems or like walking by and doing palm readings, I'm like, no, thank you. Uh, I will pass. So I don't have a lot of experience with it either.
0: Well, and talk about Intimate. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk, my wife and I talk a lot about some of the simple things that are more intimate than kissing, more intimate than, you know, like kissing the palm of your hand. It's a very sensual move or kissing your wrist, which I understand mm-hmm. some palmistry can go into the wrist area as well. So it's a, I don't know, it's a very intimate study I I would love to hear if any of our listeners or any of our Instagram followers who happen to be listening uh, do this work and mm-hmm. what does it mean to them and uh, and how are they how are they dealing right now if I oh, yeah that's what I start to think about is people who make their living doing this type of divination uh, I, I, I but they're not doing it right now unless they're in certain countries
1: yeah a lot of a lot of uh, palmists will do past life work. Uh, really? I've never had any past life work done. And I think that that'd be really amazing to do. But I don't know if palmistry is like my in on that. I just want to know more about it. I just want to know the practical yeah. workings of it so much. And I have this incredible book that was a gift potentially a loner but she lives across the country now from a friend um and it's fascinating and i probably could learn some from it but i feel like it's the kind of thing that you gotta like get your hands on some hands you yeah. know
0: here's also what's interesting to me because i consider myself a, a healer and i work as a healer and i had a massage license for a little while and i need a massage,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Shout out Sorry, to all you out.
0: massage therapists who can't work right now or have started working under really, you know, extreme oh, conditions of mask work and shields and all that good stuff. Thank you for you who are healthcare workers. So I find the hands themselves and elbows and arms very powerful healing tools. So I can Im- imagine this being very powerful divination work and also um like you said past life work of course that makes total sense to me there's so much energy that comes through parts of our body not just our hands but that i yeah like you i want to hear from somebody who does some practical work with us
1: yes yes we would love that so write in if you if you uh do that um i think here's the last thing that i want to bring to the table today is that I think it's a shame the way that palmistry is portrayed in the media. There, and I know that it's not mine, and I don't necessarily have a right to step in here, and I'm not trying to, like, champion anyone's rights or anything like that, but I think that it is wild how ingrained in me at least, the image of a palm reader is like, seriously, if you're not driving, close your eyes. Picture a palm reader. Because if you're like me, you're seeing a woman with big gold hoop earrings and long black hair with a purple handkerchief on her head and like a crystal ball in front of her and like a million gold rings on and in a tent. And If any of that is accurate, great. But, like, also, it's so caricaturized. It has become that. It has become so caricaturized. And I know that that has its roots in, like, stereotyping and where this art comes from. And I think that that's such a bummer because people then dismiss it and it doesn't get taken seriously because everyone's like, oh, it's, you know. It's like a carnival hoax, and or a con and that artist really chaps my khaki. It does mine too, and, <laughs> and, and
0: but just... snaps and kudos to those of those people who are taking that back and Heck making yes. it theirs and owning it. it. It is theirs, and the media, mainstream media characterizations don't get to rule their decision. It gets to be their life, their aesthetic, and you know who they are not just an aesthetic but who they are you know mm-hmm. and yeah
1: totally so just you know remember that I don't know paw readers are not a cartoon they're no. it's a practice and
0: and I think it deserves the legitimacy that everything else is starting to take on
1: yeah because I think tarot lot, reading
0: lot... and astrology and all of those yes. witchy things witches in the la I have been shocked over the last, I would say, I know it's been coming, but over this last year, the mainstream, I'm doing air quotes around that, of, of being a witch, which of course comes with a lot of controversy, I I think it's, I think it can be very valuable and I don't think it has to be trite. And it legitimizes us in a way that we didn't used to be legitimized. And I think all totally. of the parts of divination and all those types of all those elements need to have that legitimized and i just want to keep working to do that
1: totally and there's this weird sort of double standard as within any community there are weird double standards
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i think that it's weird that tarot is such a people are like oh i love tarot reading but you say palm reading and people are like Pff. yeah and it's like okay well <laughs> It's the exact same thing with different tools.
0: Do you know what I wonder, too? Going hmm. back to our episode of last week, our pentacles, I wonder, too, if it has a culture of not trusting your body. You know, of delegitimizing <laughs> our bodies, of, of, like, judging our bodies and the non-perfection or whatever, you know, the, you know, and judging sensuality and judging all of that earthbound stuff that we as humans have and you
1: know people we got to get over that there's a lot of of baggage tied up in trusting listening to and understanding your body and so much of that is (laughs) so much of that is pushed on us from very small age and is societally now become so ingrained that that the work of unfucking yourself and like trying to get back to your body is now a lifetime's worth of work, and it's. I never thought of that before, Detta. I think that that's definitely something that's going to delegitimize in the eyes of people that practice. That's going to like make it less trustworthy or less. I don't know what's the word. I don't want to say real because that sounds dumb. But it makes oh, it feel. Oh, it less, doesn't sound dumb. Like less real. Ugh! Trust your trust your body. Listen to your body. Trust and that's a reminder body. for me too.
0: Wait, whose song is that?
1: Yeah,
0: is that Backstreet, it's Backstreet Boys? Back. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not a '90s girl. I can't. I shouldn't have done that. I should have stuck with the '80s. Back. I'm sorry, Street. everyone. <laughs>
1: back. All right. Um, well, cool. I'm glad Hannah. we. I'm glad we. We
0: are going to try every once in a while to do things that we're not so we don't feel like we're experts on. <laughs> to encourage even you to all do this. Or even a little. yeah. Yeah. Even a little. So this is the second one we've done like this. And What was the other one? Odin and Frigga. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. And then we'll bring on people who do know something about it.
1: Yay. Yeah.
0: And then we'll keep exploring the stuff we really do know a lot about. And we'll still bring on guests about that, like plants and herbs and yes. I'm just so
1: very excited. I am so excited for Fez. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Anyway <laughs> Uh, shall we uh send up some sparks? I guess.
0: Let's send up some sparks.
1: Cory, who are your sparks
0: today? I
1: I have one spark this week, and it is uh I found it on Instagram, and I'm in love, and it's the Witch Zine. So the handle is underscore Witch Zine, and I love it because. I didn't grow up in that time where, like, you would send off first zines or, like, I didn't have access to them. And I sort of feel this great sort of sense of inclusion when I am reading which Zine. It's yeah. free. It's a free zine. Like, get after it. It's amazing. And it's, it's full of really interesting information and different points of view and resources which you know we love and it's just really cool and I 10 out of 10 would recommend you go check it out
0: I love them so much mm-hmm. their contributors are amazing
1: Mhm. they get such cool varied voices and I like that
0: well today I'm gonna shout out some of our listeners and Instagram followers uh I want to say thank you for keeping me grounded <laughs> Seems to be a theme this month, uh, well, keeping uh, me happy and a little bit sane and uh, happy feet. Nick Mason. Uh, Alice Hoffman does not follow us yet, but I hope she does someday. She's the author of Practical Magic, but her page is just like making me so freaking happy. Katie, da- Katie Dally. I think it's Dally. Katie Daly.
1: I thought it was Katie Daly. i am insane. saying Katie Daly. Let us know if we're right or wrong. What's going on?
0: Now we'll have to ask uh, a woman. We don't follow back accounts that are private accounts. We do follow back accounts that are public. Just out of respect, uh, I don't follow the private ones. But we have a private person, and I she probably knows who she is. Her name starts with a C, but I don't want to shout her out just in case that would be a bad thing. And then um, the new woman from Wales this morning that I think I shouted out earlier... Uh, who's just, it's just absolutely wonderful to be in there it's wonderful to be in your orbit thank you for including us in yours and uh, and I'm excited there are uh, lots of other people I could go all day and shout out everybody uh, most of these people that I shouted out are also you know social justice warriors as well uh, and that that keeps me happy as well as focused and mm. I like the balance of, like we said earlier, you, you've got to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are my shout-outs. Instagrammers, I
1: love you. When this episode comes out, we will be like one week and a day away from my birthday. What? Carver's Maybe birthday 30? is
0: coming.
1: 33. It's coming. My wife
0: calls that Jesus year.
1: <laughs> it's still very funny to me. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Um,
0: <laughs> you call it a palindrome because it is.
1: It's a palindrome. Uh, I think that's all. That's all we have for you this week. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Corey. <laughs> Look for stuff coming next week for Corey's birthday. Woo! I want to talk about the astrological sign Aquarius next week <gasps> yes
0: how fun would that be yes we're doing it we're doing I'm very it. very
1: selfish we're doing you? it there we go <laughs> we'll be talking about the old water bearer not water bear which is a cute name for a tardigrade and I also totally love a tardigrade but the water bearer what is a tardigrade <gasps> a tardigrade Okay, we'll give we'll give you this and then we'll leave. Uh, A tardigrade is like a tiny, microscopic organism, and it is kind of cute and fat and has like six legs. And its mouth is just like a it has no eyes and it's just like a circle of of little teeth. And it can live in the most extreme conditions that this Earth can offer. They're prehistoric. Frickin cool! And I have a design I want my artist to make uh, of a tardigrade that I thought of during quarantine because I was like, this is really harsh conditions yeah. and um, I'm surviving it anyway. And so I've got a design I want to do of a, I think on this arm of a tardigrade with like a little wreath of flowers around it. And that just says, I thrive, <laughs> which I think is Funny and I love cute, it. and I like tattoos that are kind of ugly, and tardigrades are kind of ugly. I have a tattoo on my leg of a peach with just like nasty teeth, and it's called uh, "You Should Smile More."
0: That is that's and I good. I love
1: it, and uh, but it's ugly. I mean, it's beautiful. Kendall did an amazing job, but it's also kind of gross. And I'm like, yeah, more of that.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. I love learning new stuff from you.
1: Tardigrade. They're cute. Look them up. Uh, But until we start talking about the Aquarius, until next week, until next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget that you are magic everybody if you like this show or you know someone who would like this show feel free to share it and like and then rate and review us reviews even if it's just like a smiley face emoji or a little thumbs up a review helps us get seen by other people Um, so if you have the time it costs nothing please drop us a line
0: yeah, and a follow on Spotify or iHeartRadio is also very helpful, depending on where you listen to us. So thank you. And you can find us on Instagram.
1: At Bonfire Babble, Twitter. Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: Facebook.
1: Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: And our Gmail.
1: BonfireBabblePodcast at com. That's a place you can go to sign up for our newsletter or to ask us any questions.
0: We would love to hear from you
1: heck yeah. I would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.